on my own healing, and I watched it serve others. And um, a very good example of that was in at the Mayo Clinic. I needed to have some surgery, and I decided after talking to several doctors here, I was going to go and just check out this thing called the Mayo Clinic to see if it was as good as everybody was saying it was. And so Brian went along with me, and we got there. And sure enough, it was an, a marvelous experience. And the day of my surgery, uh, or the day before the surgery, I met with the anesthesiologist. And he came in and he sat down, and he didn't sit on the other side of the desk like most doctors would to talk to you about whatever they're going to be doing. He got the chair, pulled it around, and sat down, and he had his knee right against my knee. And he sat there with our knees touching, and he looked at me and he says, now you know you're going to be fine after the surgery, don't you? And I go, well, yes, I, I think I am. And he says, no, you are going to be fine. You're going to do absolutely wonderful with this anesthesia and with the anesthetic, and you're going to move through this surgery, and it's just going to be so simple for you. And he took both my hands in his hands, and he held them, and he just kept talking to me and talking to me until he could feel, see, whatever it was, that I was in harmony with what he was saying. And then he was complete. And he shook my hand, and he says, now, I'm not actually the doctor who's going to be doing uh, the anesthetic with you tomorrow in the surgery, but I know the gentleman that's going to be doing it, and he is good. And I want you to trust him just as you now trust me. Believe in him, believe in yourself, believe in the doctors, and you're going to be fine. And that's that just pulled me right into agreement with whatever was going to happen. And it all went beautifully because of that. And so... I have found that if I can hold to that kind of an attitude inside myself, that energy of gratitude, of joy, of loving, of cooperation, of accepting things just as they are and then seeing how to best move with that, that life does really flow with you. You flow with life. It all serves you. And there's a harmony there. There's a harmony to life that we can move into and live in if we will allow ourselves to do so. And so I've had three good references over the last couple of years with these different medical things that have gone on in my life. And again, referring back to this little woman in Tibet, uh, or in Dharamsala, just outside of Tibet, and always referencing back to that face, that joy in her face to bring me back into my own joy my own gratitude, my own bliss, and help me to move into acceptance of what is and be grateful for what is, be grateful for what I have. Just as she was so grateful to, to be in Dharamsala, to be near the Dalai Lama, to have this little place that she could call her own and live in near him. And so I began to look at that when we were in Maui. And I began to see how I don't need to be in difficult situations in order to find transformation uh, or to find ways to bring gratitude forward to serve me better. And so while we were in Maui, I began right away to move into that place of 
looking and seeing what is, accepting what is, and begin to work with that. And I found new ways to, to be in myself. It's a new peace, it's a new quality within myself where if I hold to that, I can serve myself well, spiritually and physically, and I can serve the inner light communities well, both physically and spiritually. And that's beginning to happen. And I think as we move into these next few months and years ahead, you'll begin to see that demonstration come forward more and more. And I know that through the, the teachings that are going to be coming up now, from what I've seen and I've gathered, and I've already shared a lot of it with Brian, and, and he's, I think, enjoying a lot of it. So I think you will too. I think you'll find that there's going to be a lot of clarity presented about the spiritual pathway, a lot of information, a lot of both detail and simplicity at the same time. Just as I've always attempted to do, I, I look to find ways to simplify the spirit, to simplify the truth, to simplify this inner practice so that this really is a simple way for you. Because it really is simple. It isn't hard, it isn't challenging, it isn't difficult, that's the world. This inner pathway, the inner kingdom is simple, it's easy, it's grace-filled, it's loving, it's joyful, it's gratitude. And so I think just as we've done with our books and, so, and a lot of the tapes and all, I think that as we move into this now, you're going to find that even though there's going to be a lot of information presented, that as you look at it and, and take it in, that it will be an action of helping to simplify things. So it, it takes away from the mind this statement of, well, how do I know it's true? Or takes away the question and the doubt and the fear. Because as things start lining up and you start to begin to, to connect the dots and can begin to see the picture being formed, you begin to trust, you begin to believe in a way you didn't before. When you get a page that is just a bunch of dots and they're not even numbered, it's kind of hard to figure out, well, where do I take from this dot to the next and the next and the next to get the picture that's supposed to be here? And I'm going to do what I can to help you to connect those dots in such a way as that you begin to see the picture. And it will be a different picture for each of us. It will not be the same because each of us are here to have a different experience. We're here to really experience all the same experiences, but we're approaching them all from a different place, from a different perspective. And that's what God in us and each of us wants. The Lord inside wants to approach life at this level and experience at this level from all these different angles so that the Lord knows that experience in the fullness. And in order to do that, he needed a lot of parts of himself down here to be able to come to one experience from all different sides. And not just from the sides, but from the top and the bottom and all the different angles. So that the experience is fully known and understood. And so as we connect these dots to create these pictures, they are going to be a little bit different within each one of us. The revelations, the understanding, the clarity, the vision, it's going to be a little bit different how you interpret, how you perceive, how you put it to, to, to work in your life will be a little bit different, but it will all be the same. 
And so Brian and I are here to assist in, in bringing about that process with each of us, to bring about this process of understanding who we are and why we're here and how to approach our experiences in life with a different attitude than what we may have been approaching it before. That we approach it with gratitude, we approach it with grace, we approach it with enthusiasm, rather than with resentment, rather than closing down and holding back and denying and, and, and not participating. This is about fully participating in life so that you fully get what is there for you. And in that fullness, you then can move forward into what's next. And that's not just on the outer, but also on the inner. It's about doing the same thing on the inner levels. Sitting down in meditation and going inside with awareness, with intention, with focus, with clarity, and being available, being open and vulnerable to that inner experience in a way that maybe you haven't before so that you can have the fullness of direct experience within. So that you know that you are spirit, that you know that you are a soul, that you know you are an aspect of God, that you know there is a Lord, and that you and the Lord are one. That you know it. You don't hope it. You don't think it. You don't wish it. You don't doubt it. You know it. You live it. You are it. Because you've experienced it. And so we're going to do our part to assist in bringing forth clarity, enthusiasm, and to participate with you as best we can in the outer in hopes to enthuse you to go inside, to have that inner experience, so that you can also join us on the inner as well. I'm supposed to drink a lot of water when I get dry. I often sip, and I never get enough water to take care of myself, so I'm learning how to do that too. So we're creating a new situation here and how we're going to be approaching and doing Interlight Ministries. And it's basically that we are here to serve the initiates, the intended initiates, and the seekers. And then serve the others as well. But our intention here is to assist those that want to get back to God, back to God. But remember, it's just assist. We're not going to do it. You're the one who's going to do it. We each have to save ourselves. We, it would be great if we truly had one person in the world that was the Savior. And that one was going to save us, and we didn't have to do anything but let them save us. How many times in your life, in this lifetime, has someone tried to save you with very good intention, and yet, have you allowed them to save you? Did your mom, did your dad, did a good friend ever try to save you from a situation and said, look, I know what you're going to do, and I know you're going to get hurt, I know they're going to run away, I know this is going to happen, I know you're going to go broke, don't do it. Just don't do it. Trust me, believe me, I know, I've been there, don't do this. 
And they do all they can to save us. And we do it anyway, and we go through the pain, and, and then we look back on them and go, well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you save me from this? Why did you let me go in that? So I know from my own personal experience and watching other people, yes, it would be wonderful if there was one being, one person in the world that could be the savior of all of us, and we could just follow after that savior. But I think it's been over and over again and again throughout history, there have been those saviors that have come forward, those that know the inner kingdom and know the inner way and know that path of salvation and have given it and shared it and openly, freely made available the understanding of that inner pathway, and yet people have rejected them and killed them, pushed them away denied that they existed, denied their teaching, and kept on doing what they were doing. So I know from looking at all the different inner pathways, all the different teachers that have existed that I've been aware of on the inner levels, and watching humanity, that there is no one Savior in the world that is going to save all of humanity. But there is one Savior that is going to save you, and that's you. That's that divine spark in you that is the Lord, that is your soul, that is connected right back now to the heart of God. It's connected now to the heart of God. It's never been separated. You never left the heart of God. And it's for you to wake up and to realize that once again. And that is your salvation, is to wake up and to know who you truly are as spirit, divine, loving, joyful, peaceful the living, loving essence of the Lord. That's who you are. And to wake up and to know that and to live it to the fullest as you can. That is your salvation. And the only one that can do that for you is you. To sit down every day and to go inside. To go inside and say, Lord, here I am. Assist me in this inner walk that I wake up, that I wake up now and that I stay awake and that in this wakeful state that I know you in me, and I know me in you, and I know our oneness. And let me wake up in that so that I truly am a saved soul. Help me to save myself. Help me to let go of this world and the things of this world that I long for, that I crave for, that I run after, that I hold on to for fear of losing, help me to let go of all these things so that I stand free of this world and I stand in the realms of spirit. Even though I'm in the physical body, help me to stand free of this world and this human body so that I stand in the body spirit, that I stand in my own soul body in the realms of spirit where I can worship you, love you, receive your love, receive your caring, and then take it back into the physical form and live my day to the fullest. Help me to save myself. That's my prayer often when I'm in my meditation. You know, Paul put it very clearly, as did several of the different apostles back to the time of Jesus. And that was that if you want to worship the Lord, 
The Lord is spirit. And so to truly worship the Lord and truly worship the Lord is to go into the spirit to worship. Because this body cannot pay homage in the truest sense to spirit. Because it cannot see the spirit. It does not know the spirit. It cannot enter into the spirit. This body is of this world. It is a physical matter. It is the material world, substance. And it cannot go into the realms of spirit and be in the spirit to worship the Lord who is spirit. But your soul is of the spirit. It is down in this material world and in this physical body to have experience here. But your soul is of the spirit. And so if you can go back inside and connect into your own soul, and then as soul awaken, travel through the outer realms into the realms of spirit, and there be in the presence of the Lord, and love the Lord there, then you know. You know, and nobody can ever take that away from you. Nobody can cause you to go into denial of that. Because it's so much more real than anything is here. And that is what we're here to assist you in doing. Is being your own savior. Finding your own salvation. And that salvation is a simple way. It's sitting down, closing your eyes, going inside and loving the Lord. Where you first go inside to love the Lord is where the Lord resides inside your physical body. And that is here at the seat of the soul, at the spiritual eye center, at the brow. And it is here that you begin to first wake up to the light of the Lord, the inner light. So as you sit down and you close your eyes and you hold your attention upward towards that seat of the soul, the spiritual eye, you begin to see the inner light the light of the Lord inside of you, the light of your own soul, that divine spark that came out of the realms of spirit and through all the realms of matter down to this level to have experience here in this physical body. So that's the first part of the journey is to find the Lord inside you right now, to connect to that, to wake up to that, to see that inner light and then to let that inner light speak to you through the inner sound. The voice of God, that still small voice, be still and know that I am. Be still and listen and hear the still small voice of God. And so it is first to connect to that level of God inside of you right here at the physical level. Once you begin to connect into that level of soul within yourself, then the soul at this level in the physical body begins to free itself of the physical material world. It knows where it wants to go, but it has found itself trapped here in the material world. It's caught up in the mind. It's caught up in the sensual nature. It's trapped in the physical world. And it's going, Lord, get me out of here. The only challenge is it keeps looking down into the world for the Lord to get the soul out. So the first key is, is to look up. You look up and you go back into the seat of the soul. And in looking up, 
and looking back and holding your attention there above the body, above the emotions, above the mind, and entering into that first place where the soul resides in you and where the spirit connects in you, the soul begins to rise up all of itself, that spiritual essence of itself that has been trapped in the physical material world of this body and its sensual and mental nature, and it begins to attract the soul back into itself fully until the soul is fully seated here at the seat of the soul and it raises above the mind and frees itself of the trap of the mind. Because the mind is the trap that we got caught up in so many eons ago and it is the mind that eventually we have to free ourselves from. Once the soul is freed from that mind, then and only then can it truly begin to turn and look up. Until then, it is still turned downward and looking downward and outward into the world through the mind, through the senses, through this physical body for answers and solutions and salvation. That's why we find mankind looking out here for all these sacred spots. Well, maybe it's over here. I think God resides in this mountain. No, he's in this cave. No, he's in that person. No, he's in this candle. No, he's in this book. It's all out here. And we're ever looking out here for God and for that Savior. But when we connect here and the soul rises up above all that is of the physical material world and of the physical self, it is then free to not anymore like have to be trapped into that downward and outward look. It can now turn and look up for the first time in a long time and began to see the true direction, the direction from which it came and the direction which it has to go to get back to its true nature, back to its home from which it came in the realms of spirit. And then the soul begins the next part of the journey. But the hardest part of the journey is the first part. It's sitting down and closing your eyes. It's sitting down and giving time to God. It's sitting down and doing devotion rather than mental jargon. Because it's easy to sit down and close your eyes and start going into daydreaming. It's easy to sit down and close your eyes and start emotionalizing on things. It's easy to sit down and close your eyes and begin to run the mind well, now, I remember yesterday when she said so-and-so, you know, I should have said it this way. I, I, you know, next time I remember now, I'll remember that when somebody says that to me, this is what I'm going to tell them. I'll, I'll just tell them this and that'll answer it. They'll leave me alone. You know, that's how the mind works. It likes to so solve problems of yesterday. It likes to reminisce about yesterday. It just runs and runs and runs. And so... It's for us to rise above all of that. And that's probably the hardest part of the journey is that first step. Sitting down, closing our eyes, and holding our attention at a place above all that I just described. And holding your attention here long enough so that the soul can begin to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up and don't go back to sleep.
That's what Rumi said in a poem. He said, wake up. The door is open. Enter in. And don't go back to sleep. Well, the door is here. Wake up and the door will be open. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. We have to ask. We have to seek that place where the seat of the soul is. And we have to knock. We have to sit there at the seat of the soul and knock, 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 knock on that door, getting God's attention so that that door will open. And the way we do that is by being in love with God and just pouring our loving out to God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You don't go up there and knock on the door and go, Can I have a new car? Uh, uh, I need somebody to get some more money over here. I've got bills to pay. You know, that's not knocking. If it is, I suspect God's on the other side holding the door shut. <laughs> Don't let them in until they figure it out. Let them do that for themselves. <laughs> but the asking is what Brian and I are here to assist you in. We are here to assist you in that asking, in the quest, in the search for understanding, in answering your questions that you might have about God, about spirit, about truth, about the inner practice, answering whatever we can to assist you in this inner quest that you might sit down and do the inner work. And if we can take some of the pressure off of your mind's energy, answer some of those questions, we are here to do that. But more than that, we are here for those seekers, those that are really seeking for God first, We are here to assist those seekers to get clear in what it is they're seeking and get clear about what the inner pathway is and what it isn't. Because if you look in the world today, there's a lot of things out there about the inner world, about the soul, about salvation, about grace, about all these different elements and actions of spirit. But are they all true? Are they all truly of the spirit? Or are they of the mind? And the way the mind has perceived it? Are they of the emotions? And the way the emotions want to move it so that they feel better about themselves? You have to pay attention and see what is the source of the material that is out there? We know the source of the material that is here. It's a very simple source. It's a source of loving. It's that source from which all came into being and which all shall return. It's really out of the heart of God. And that's not said out of ego. That's said out of the knowing of it. And I think that if you listen... If you read, if you practice, you'll begin to see that for yourself. We don't set ourselves separate and apart from anybody. We are here 
to demonstrate to you that these things are true. And that if you will do these things yourself, you do them yourself. Sit down and meditate every day. You too can have the same awareness, the same inner experience, the same knowing, the same gratitude and joy in life. It is there for everyone who will access it, who will do the work. And so the first level at asking is also asking for initiation, asking for those keys to the kingdom, those names of God that are there and available to everyone. But you have to ask. God will not impose God on you or anyone. God is ever available, ready, willing, participating at whatever level you're willing to allow God in. And the day that you say, Lord, I want to come home to you. I want my salvation. I want liberation from this place. And in asking, it is given. The path, the understanding, the way by which to do that inwardly is given to you. We're not the only ones that know this. There's a lot of different beings in the world that know the inner pathway. We are here to assist those that are drawn this way, that are called this way to receive those keys to the kingdom, that name of God, the unspoken name written throughout all the Old and New Testament, the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Bible, as well as in all the ancient sacred scriptures and is the seed of all major religions. And so we are here to share with those that ask those names so that they can take that name inside and begin to meditate on it inside, holding it here at the seat of the soul and letting that sacred name come alive. It is by the power of the name that you shall be saved. And it's the power of the unspoken name, the inner name, the name of the Lord, holding it here that we begin to wake up. So you ask and you receive those inner names. Then you seek. Well, what are you seeking? You're seeking God. You're seeking the inner light. You're seeking to see, to feel, to know that first step that first phase of awakening, which is seeing God in you, right here, right now. And so the search begins. You seek. You seek through your belly button. You seek through your stomach. You seek through your heart. You seek through your throat chakra. You seek through all these things, and you don't find anything except a lot of turmoil and a lot of whatever. But if you seek here at the seat of the soul, Guess what? You find the soul seated right here at the spiritual eye center. So seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given unto you, it was said. So you ask and the keys to the kingdom are given to you, the name of the Lord. You seek at the seat of the soul and you begin to find that divine radiant light and you begin to hear that simple, sweet voice of God, the ringing radiance of the audible life stream that is the sound current of God. 
And then you knock at that door that you find there. And there is an inner door there. And you knock and you knock and you knock. And the way you knock is you chant the name of God. And every time you say the name of God, it's another knock, another knock, another knock. I'm here, Lord. I'm at your door now. I know who I am. And I'm here to come on home. And every time you knock, every time you say that name of the Lord, at the seat of the soul, more of the soul essence is collected together until fully you are collected here. And when the Lord sees and knows that, that door opens. And you don't just see the inner light of the Lord inside as your soul, but you now look out into the radiant light of creation that exists throughout all. You see your own light and you see God's light that is in you and in all things. And it all just sparkles out here in this divine night sky. It looks like stars, but what you're seeing is the creative essence of the Lord before you. And that creative essence is calling you to come home. Come home. Come back where you came from. Come back to this radiance that you are. Come and join us now. Come and be here with us in this radiant sky of love in this ocean of love and mercy. Come and move with us, be with us, flow with us, sing with us the song of joy to God, and be there in loving. And you sit there and you look up as you chant the name of God with the door open, and you see the starry sky. And you step up to the doorway, and you might find yourself standing there for a long time, just gazing at this wonder, day in and day out through your meditations, as you are continuing to collect more and more of the soul essence free of the physical material world. And then there will be a day when it's time now for you to step out of the physical material world in your own soul body and to begin to travel to travel on up towards that starry sky that you see before you. So you step out and you find yourself in a different place, in a different world, a different creation than this one, this physical realm. And you find yourself able to move freely, joyfully, blissfully, lovingly, towards the radiant light above you. And in this starry sky is a sun, a beautiful sun. Now, in the starry sky, it's very interesting. You may see it as a dark, indigo blue velvet sky filled with radiant stars. Or you might see it as a beautiful blue sky filled with stars. But in either one, you will also see a brilliant light, the sun, as it were, shining in the sky, radiating its light, its loving upon you and all of creation. And that light is ever calling you back unto itself, calling you to come home, 
calling you in that sound current, that still small voice of God going, come home, come back, come back, my prodigal son. Return from what you came. It doesn't matter whether you've collected greater wealth or you've lost all that was given to you. It doesn't matter whether you have learned about your creativity and your talent and made it blossom or you've let it fall to the ground and wither. Come home now and let us rejoice in you returning home. And you will find yourself moving with great expectation, with great joy, with great enthusiasm towards that brilliant light. You may not even know why you're doing it. Why that star? Why that light? Why that sun? Why, why am I doing this? But your soul knows why. And you will move as rapidly as you can towards that to get home. Now, as you step out, you may see a spiritual being your spiritual teacher standing there before you, ready to take you upon a great journey. This journey is a great quest, a quest of returning home. Now, it would be great if the journey was simple and easy in the sense of, okay, now I see the sun, so now I just go to it, right? I connect the dots, and now I'm home. It would be great if it was that simple. But we've placed a lot of things between us and the Lord. Not just in this lifetime, not just at this level of existence, but through eons of lifetimes and eons of levels of existence. And so there are still those obstacles that reside between us and the Lord that we need to handle, we need to let go of, or we need to allow the grace of the Lord to lift them so that they no longer exist. And so the spiritual teacher is there to take your hand and to walk with you through and in all those situations, all those karmas, to assist you in ever staying focused on the true intent of this travel, of this journey, of this quest, so that you don't lose sight and get caught up in the past, or in your littler self of the physical nature, that you ever stay present and focused on your intention, which is returning home to God, and staying focused in the loving of all things, so that that loving can transform whatever is present, and you return home free and clear. And so the teacher is there to walk you through situations, and maybe just whisper in your ear, love it. Love them, forgive them, accept that. That's who you really are. Keep moving forward, don't stop. Don't look over there, keep moving forward. Look to the sun, look to the light. Let's go down here. You've got some work to do before we can go higher. So let's go down to these levels and take care of these things so you can go higher. Let's let go of these anchors. Let's go of the illusion. Let's pick up these wisdoms and live them in your daily life. Remember them as you go back in the body so that you can live these wisdoms fully. That's what the teacher is there to do. The teacher isn't there for you to worship them, to honor them and think of them as the Lord. The teacher is there to serve you, to be a servant of the Lord. Well, guess where the Lord resides? 
The teacher is here to serve the Lord in you. And so that is what the teacher will do. The teacher will serve that Lord. The teacher is a servant of the Lord. And it will do all it can to help the Lord get back into itself fully awake, aware, free, and clear. Knowing of itself, knowing of all the experiences, and returning home as a joyful child of God. And returning back into the very loving heart of God and rejoicing in that return with God. Because God, when we return home, rejoices in a way that is unfathomable to the mind or the elements of this creation. It is a joy beyond knowing at this level. And when you too return home, it is really true that the angels sing, that the masters jump for joy, and you merge into the oneness, and you know yourself in a way that you have never known yourself. And that cannot be taken away from you. And yes, then you're back in your physical body, and you're back in your mind, and you're back in your emotions in your body, physically, and you kind of open your eyes and you go, Oh no, I'm back here. <laughs> now I'm going to deal with my wife and my husband and my children and my boss. Oh, my boss. I think I'm going to go back into meditation. <laughs> How did I get there? i got to get there again. But instead of coming back with remorse and regret, you come back with joy and loving. You come back with the Lord awake inside of you. And you get up and you go and you say, Okay. I as the Lord, now I'm going to go and do my day and I'm going to take God wherever I go and God's going to do it in me and through me and with me and for me. And if you know that, not just think it and believe it and hope it, but you know that and you are that and you're doing that, it happens that way. You live a grace-filled life. But you don't live a grace-filled life by just reading a book or listening to a tape or attending classes or listening to us talk or whatever out here in the world. If it's found out here in the outer, it's false, it's hopeless, it's not going to take you anywhere. Do not pursue the outer. Do not pursue and seek after the outer to get your way home to God, to get your salvation. Do not even believe a thing I say or a thing that Brian says because it's all false. It's all imperfect. It doesn't come close to what is really true. But what I would ask of you is to listen and let that spirit inside of you pick up those things that it knows to be true. And take those things home and try them out. See if they're true. Not just what we say, but anywhere in the world. See if they're true. Check it out and see if it works. And if it does, Continue doing that, not for anyone in the world, but for your own soul, for your own salvation. And yes, this is about salvation. This is about saving yourself. Saving yourself is returning home to God. Salvation is freeing yourself up of those things that are holding you in bondage. That is salvation.
Well, it means then freeing yourself of the physical form, freeing yourself of this body matter, the emotions, the mind, and all that that is, the creative imagination, the unconscious, the subconscious, the compulsions, the obsessions, possessions, everything and much more. Freeing yourself of all that, that's salvation. And in that process of salvation, returning back to the knowing of who you are as soul and then letting the soul return home back to God from which it came. And that's an action in which the inner teacher is there, here to do with you. Now, who is the inner teacher, truly? Is the inner teacher a man or a woman in a physical form? No. The inner teacher is the Holy Spirit. The inner teacher is that grace that is the Lord manifest in its purest form. And it is ever available and ever ready and waiting for you to step forward and say, I'm here, take my hand and let's go. Again, God will not impose God upon you and grace will not impose grace upon you. It's ever available. We have to willingly reach out and take God's hand, take the hand of grace, and travel home to God. We have to willingly do that, invite it in. And so it is for each of us to do just that. And that grace shows up in an image that you can relate to. If it came in its purest form, you'd, you'd probably miss it. You probably wouldn't recognize it if you saw it. And you'd just let it go on by or you'd go on by it because you wouldn't know what to do with it. You wouldn't know how to relate to it in its purest essence. So it takes on a form that you can relate to. It looks like a physical body. It looks like a being that you've seen in the world that you can say, oh, that person knows a lot about the inner life, about the spirit. They are serving me as a teacher about all of this. I think I'm going to listen to what they have to say now in the inner. Maybe I will travel with them. Maybe I will take their hand. And so in truth, it's the Holy Spirit manifesting before you in the radiant form, looking like that spiritual teacher that you saw in the physical world, that you might travel with that grace back to the heart of God. But in truth, it is the grace. And it's for you to let go of your ego, to let go of your belief systems, to let go of your doubt and your fear and whatever, and to take the hand of grace, however it wishes to manifest for you, and to travel with it wherever it wishes to take you. And it may take you right into the heart of God, and it may take you right into hell, because that's where you need to go to get free. It may take you right into the greatest of darkness because that's where you've allowed yourself to live. Maybe in another lifetime and maybe in this one. And it's going to take you into hell so that you free yourself of it. You go in it and you go, I love you, hell. I forgive you, hell. I accept you, hell. And hell goes, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and you're free. It's just that easy. But you have to truly do it with an attitude of loving, with acceptance and forgiveness.
And that's what the grace is there to assist you in doing. The grace is ever there to bring that action into its fullness of loving, of forgiveness, of acceptance, so that no matter where you go in your inner journeys, you are ever freeing yourself, liberating yourself, so that you can and will return home to God and be there forevermore. So I invite you to begin this inner journey, to begin this inner walk with a greater devotion, with a greater intention, with this action of gratitude, and find inside yourself that that brings forward gratitude in your consciousness. I have it in me whenever I need it, whenever I want it, whenever I feel lacking of it. I remember that lady's face in Tibet when she opened that flap and stepped forward. And I mean, she was smiling before she saw me. She wasn't smiling because she saw me. She was happy and in bliss long before she saw me. She was just in a continual state of it. Find that in your life. Find that in your memory. Where have you seen, witnessed, been in, felt, known gratitude? And bring it forward. It's just that easy. All we have to have is one reference point, And the attitude in our lives can change to that which we want it to be. One reference point. Mine is this face of this woman. And I'm so grateful I didn't take a photograph of her. Because that would have ruined it. That would have ruined it. Because what would have happened? I wouldn't look inside to find her. I wouldn't look inside to find that gratitude. I'd be looking at a photograph out here. I'd still be focused out here. Oh, well, here's my gratitude. Oh, there it is. Yeah, right there. It's on that piece of paper. No, it's not. It's really inside here, and so I've got to go inside, and I've got to find that face inside that lined up with my own true face of gratitude and connect back into my own gratitude through the knowing of her in me. She connected me back into my own knowing of my own gratitude, and I know that by connecting into her, I connect into me. Not in her and the world, but what she is in me. She is that gratitude in me. And so I invite you to find that place in the world where you know loving, where you know gratitude, where you know joy, and bring that forward. And you may say, well, Jim, I have never experienced gratitude in my life. Well, maybe you haven't, but maybe you witnessed it. Maybe you've seen it. Look and see inside if you don't know that. I saw it today. I saw it in the news on TV. It didn't affect me the same way, but it connected me back into that same place very quickly. A man in Thailand who had lost what he thought was his whole family to the tsunami, they had found his little daughter. And... They showed the reunion of, of them together. It's gratitude that is there. That sense of 
peace and grace and gratitude, thankfulness to the Lord for this in his life was the same essence, the same grace of the Holy Spirit in him in that moment that I saw in her when I was in Dharamsala. I love it when I can connect back into that essence. It tends to feel a little emotional sometimes when I'm talking because I'm also having to focus on the body and focus on the words and focus on getting the words out. And it, it creates a little bit of a buffer or barrier between the purity of the experience. And so it closes the energy a little bit and, and causes it to have to come through a little bit of a bottleneck to be able to come up. And that causes that emotional sense. But then if I just allow myself to relax and open up and not be anything but gratitude, then it relaxes into that state. So that's what this inner path is about. That's what we are about. That's what ILM is about. That's what you are about. And if there's something that we can do to assist in that process, let us know. We'll be glad to do our part. But we can only do so much. You have to do the rest. And the hardest part is sitting down, closing your eyes on a daily basis. Oh my God, every day? <laughs> well, you do it every day when you go to bed at night. You close your eyes. This is just closing your eyes and staying awake not going to sleep. And if you'll do that, I know that you will know. And you will not need my words or anybody else's words because you will truly know. And until then, we are here to share words with you, to inspire you, that you might continue walking that path when you're in doubt, when you're in fear, when you're shaking a little bit when you're not motivated. And I know that. I mean, there are times when I don't want to meditate. Oh, God, another morning. i got to meditate again. Well, when the meditations are dry, you don't feel like meditating. I mean, you'll sit down if yesterday you went out of body and you traveled throughout all these universes and saw unbelievable sights that you see on the inner realms. Much more beautiful than anything here. But when they're dry and nothing's happening, you're not hearing anything, you kind of sit down the next day and you go, okay, well, I guess I'll do it. You know, and it's just sometimes a little challenging to get motivated. But you do it because you want to get home to God. The soul does. Now, the mind does it. The mind can't go home to God. What are we doing this for, Jim? This is a waste of time. You know, I could be doing so many other things. We could read a book. We could be thinking and figuring things out. We could get on the phone and solve people's problems for them. We could tell people off if we want to. But don't sit down and do this. I mean, there's no part in it for me. And you just have to go, I know that. That's why I'm doing it. Because <laughs> there is no part in it for you. You just be quiet now. Step aside and let me do what I'm going to do. Well, guess what? The mind will just keep on going and going and going and going and going. It doesn't know how to shut up. But it's for you to rise above it 
and not give it any attention so that you begin to hear that other voice, that voice of God calling you home. And it's there. It's there every moment, every breath, every second, and in between them. It is there. But it's for us to find it, to follow it, and to return back from which we came. Since I was 12 years old, I have said two things. And when I was 18, I was told by Spirit to begin to share this with as many people as I could. And that is this. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. And one day, you're going to wake up and realize that you never left the heart of God. You just believed you did. You just looked in a way and thought you were not there. But all the time, you are now in the heart of God. Wake up. Wake up, as Rumi said. And don't go back to sleep. This is sleep. These realms are sleep. It's the great dream we're living. Wake up and know the truth. Know who you really are. Wake up and please don't go back to sleep. So thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Uh, I do want to share one thing, and that is next Tuesday, Brian will be doing the class because kind of unfortunately I have to go to Chicago for a board meeting for um, uh, uh, part of the Fetcher Institute. And uh, I couldn't talk my way out of it. 